Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 63 of UAB Green and Told. Original air date, Monday, January 17th, 2022. This podcast gives us the opportunity to share stories from members of the UAB community. Be sure to listen back to past episodes at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app. While there, leave a written review to help more alumni find our podcast. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and assistant director in the Office of Alumni Affairs. Today, we welcome UAB Athletic Director Mark Ingram to the podcast to discuss the move from Conference USA to the American Athletic Conference. The college athletic landscape is undergoing major changes, and as he'll share, with Power 5 schools and those conferences adding members, it's only a matter of time before UAB would be involved. And what we knew is it was going to impact us whether it included an invitation to another league or not. It was going to impact us, right? With new conference comes new exposure, new rivalries, and added competition. And Mark will share what that means for all our athletics. Does that mean we're going to go in and, and be in first place year one? Well, no, I'd like that, but it, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a given, but, but we can't. We, we, we could, and that's, that's what they saw in us. Plus, without football, there would be no AAC for UAB. In all likelihood, no, we would not be, without, without having reinstated football, we would not be uh, sitting here today with this opportunity. On October 21st, 2021, UAB announced that it would be changing conferences, moving from Conference USA to the American Athletic Conference. It's not the first time the Blazers will change leagues. You may remember them competing in the Sunbelt Conference or even the Great Midwest Conference. But for the past quarter century, UAB has been part of CUSA, a league in which they were a charter member. We are really proud to say that we're charter members of Conference USA, and, and we've had a lot of great memories, a lot of great games. Um, you know, with, with our opponents in the league. Uh, the league has transformed dramatically over time and and uh, it is transforming again. And and this time it happens to include us and, and our exit. So we're we're thrilled to be going to the American and the opportunity to, to uh, re-engage some old uh, friends and foes uh, from, from that conference that used to be in Conference USA, many of them. And and uh, I think our fans, based on what I'm hearing, are excited about that as well. And we'll touch on some of the changes and, and the rivalries that are going to be renewed here in a little bit. But, you know, first, let's talk a little bit about just realignment. Texas and Oklahoma decided they're going to jump the Big 12, go to the SEC. It kind of created a domino effect. Did you know at the time that it would mean something for UAB or it would Im- impact us? Yeah, absolutely. And and what we knew is it was going to impact us whether it included an invitation to another league or not. It was going to impact us, right? Because the Big 12 was going to have to react. They were only the Big 12 was only 10 schools. So when they lost Texas and Oklahoma going down to 8, they had to replace with somebody. And so what we knew was if they're if they chose people any number of people from the American and that was unknown, right? Would they just take two? They could have taken one school from the American and they could have taken BYU, right? And so what what you didn't know was was that answer. But once um, they made a decision to take somebody from the American, we knew, okay, then that's also going to impact us because now the Americans got to react and we were the most likely uh, candidate in terms of conference, us and the Mountain West, as I understand it, and I don't I don't know all the inside 
baseball here, but you know there there was a lot of discussion within that league, um, their leadership about should they try to expand west, and I think there was at least some conversations with some schools from the Mountain West and the West Coast, which would have you know maybe improved or enhanced their television package uh, by having multiple time zones. And then there were others, you know, obviously who saw value in keeping things sort of on the eastern half of the country, which is where the other schools were for travel and, you know, logistics with bands and that kind of thing. So in the end, that's that's what they did was was stay east. Uh, so you added schools from Texas, um, three schools from Texas, and then one from Florida, Charlotte and us. And so we're, you know, taking some people with us from Conference USA. But like I said, we're going to reacquaint ourselves with people like Memphis and SMU and Temple and Tulane and Tulsa and South Florida and East Carolina. Those are all going to be great. And then, you know, somebody we did not used to have, but now we're going to gain, which is the Naval Academy in football, which is a lot of fun. And uh, Wichita State in basketball, which is also great for our basketball program. When the dominoes did start to fall, was it always the American Athletic Conference that you guys were in talks with, or were there other potential possibilities along the way? No, just just the American. Um, we we didn't we didn't talk to, to anybody else. Uh, uh, others that I suppose if um, if the American had selected teams that did not include us but did include Conference USA schools, then perhaps the Sun Belt would have approached us. I don't know. I think the Sun Belt um, did a, a good job as well when after the American kind of went through and said, this is who we'd like to have. The Sun Belt took some great schools from Conference USA and Southern Miss, Old Dominion and Marshall, uh, all three great uh, in their own right, great brands, uh, great programs. So uh, I think the Sun Belt also did really well. But again, we're, we're proud of, of what we're doing and we, we feel good about it. We feel good about our decision and the association and, and the opportunity to to continue to build our brand. You know, one of the things that that our provost, uh, Dr. Benoit, and I have talked about back during that time of should we go, you know, I, I guess everybody assumes that it was an automatic, yes, of course we will, but we we took our time and, and Dr. Watts and I met with a number of constituent groups to ask their opinion, hey, this opportunity is looming, we are not certain, but it feels, you know, highly possible that that we're going to receive an invitation. If we do, what do you think? And one of the things that Dr. Benoit said was the value in being able to take our brand to these other major cities. So we're, you know, stop thinking about the schools and just think about taking the UAB brand to Tampa and Dallas. And uh, we were already going to Houston and San Antonio, but now we're taking the brand to Philadelphia. And with Navy, you're, you're going to take the brand to that that Washington D.C., Baltimore area. So the, these are these are big. Uh, uh, New Orleans, Memphis. You know, taking our brand to those other major cities for student recruitment. You know, having nothing to do with athletics. Just the value of recruiting more students uh, from those areas. And uh, you know, kids that are from larger cities tend to appreciate, or, or I, I guess I'll say, not be intimidated by urban campuses and um, we're not as in the city as some of our competitors who would call themselves urban campuses. I mean, I can tell you, having come from Temple, we're nothing like them in terms of urban campus. They have a subway 
you know, not a, not a sandwich shop. They have a subway that runs right from the campus into downtown. We don't have that. You know, we're not NYU, right? Uh, but we're, we are in our own right an urban campus. And, and so, you know, getting kids from, from other major cities, they generally are not as intimidated by that or, you know, the way they think about it is, you know, it's no big deal or it's more like home than anything else. Let's expand on the brand a little bit. What other benefits does UAB get with joining the AAC? Obviously, there's going to be revenue stream coming in because it's a different TV package. Yeah, there's a, a new television package. Uh, some of those revenues won't be realized immediately. Um, we'll see a small increase um, the, the first year that we go in, and it will escalate over time. And so that's valuable. Uh, the other thing, and really what we are hoping to see is that our local fan base recognizes um, us playing more you know, high level quality opponents that are coming in and that they are more familiar with. You know, Saying that we get to have Memphis at home every year instead of some other folks that maybe they're not as emotionally tied to. Um, our, our local community knows who Tulane is. They know who Memphis is. They know who SMU is, right? They know who the Naval Academy in East Carolina. These schools who've had athletic success, they know who they are. And my hope is that we'll see an increase in attendance, ticket sales, uh, and our marketing efforts that surround that because we'll have larger crowds, uh, we should have a, an opportunity to expand there as well. We obviously have brought in good quality student athletes throughout the 25 years in the CUSA. Is that going to change when we go to the AAC? Are we going to start seeing a better quality athlete, not to diminish where we've been? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, good point, not to diminish what we've got, right? But um, part of recruiting is you say, hey, when you come here, we're going to play against this team, this team, and this team. You know, and when you list those, those, those players, regardless of the sport, you know, they're thinking about the opportunity to be on a bigger stage too. And, and no doubt it will, it will assist us in recruiting a little bit higher profile player that's ready to play at that level. And instead of trying to recruit the, the very best of this league, trying to recruit the very best of that league, which is just, a, it's just a, uh, upper echelon level of talent. Let's flip things around a little bit. We've been talking about how UAB is going to benefit from the AAC. What did the AAC see in us? Why did they extend that invite? Yeah, yeah, great question. So um, we are the number 40 television market in the country. That was important for us. We are geographically the dead center of the American Athletic Conference. If you look at the what was the league before before they lost Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida, we are we're the geographic center of that conference. I don't know that we're still the center now that's shifted a little bit, but we're close. And so that was really valuable, just being able to see that geographically speaking, schools could get here easily. We have a great airport. Uh, so travel here is not difficult. You don't have to take a ferry boat and a rocket ship and a camel to get across the desert to get in here. And, and um, why that matters really is for your student athlete welfare, their opportunity to, for school, right? You don't want them to, that their travel time takes longer than it needs to. 
and we have multiple interstates running through Birmingham. So it's just, even if, if you're driving or busing, it's easy to get here. And these things were all valuable. And, and mainly the thing that we have done is the enhancements we've made to our facilities, uh, including Protective Stadium, but it's our football practice facility, it's our softball stadium, our soccer stadium, our new track. You know, we're about to open up a basketball practice facility for men's and women's basketball. It's under construction, it'll be done in a couple of months. Uh, these, these changes represent our desire to compete at a high level. And, you know, anybody could join that league and finish last. Like, it doesn't matter who you, anybody could join and be last. They don't want to uh, invite somebody in to be last. They want to invite people they think can come in and compete. And, and those facilities improvements have put us in a position to do that. Now, does that mean we're going to go in and, and be in first place year one? Well, no, I'd like that, but it, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a given. But what that means is, is but, but we can't, we, we, we could. And that, that's what they saw in us is that they see us as a school that is on the rise. Our enrollment uh, growth has been tremendous. The, the university's investment in itself with, with dormitories and classroom buildings certainly says a lot about uh, the direction we're going as a university. Our hospital is, you know, stunning in, in every way and, and is something that people take great notice of and, and the presidents of the other universities know about the quality of our institution and our hospital. And so it wasn't one thing. Okay, Greg, it was, it was just all these things that, that said, boy, we're, we're somebody that, that they should attach to. The last time you were on the podcast, we talked about the competitiveness of UAB. You want your programs to succeed. You're not looking for complacency. So with the move, what are the expectations for the teams? Is there going to be kind of a leeway the first couple of years that we're in the AAC, or do you expect to compete in all athletics right away? There are some sports that are not quite ready to compete at the highest level, and that's not their fault. Uh, I'll, I'll use baseball and tennis, for example. We have some of the worst baseball facilities in the country. We have probably the worst baseball facilities in our state. I cannot expect Casey Dunn to go and compete at a high level anywhere until we provide him the tools and resources he needs to be successful. Uh, tennis is the same way. We have two tennis teams, but we only have four tennis courts for practice and competition. You have to have six courts to have a match. So we have to go off campus to have our tennis matches. We go to George Ward Park and we go to Lakeshore to, to host our tennis matches. And I'm grateful that we're able to go to those places. But, you know, if you go up to Memphis, they've got 12 gorgeous courts that are all on campus and they're you know, they're, they got their logo on the court and they're blue and they're beautiful, right? And we're competing against that in recruiting and then quite frankly, just every day in your training. So until we provide them, a, you know, a suitable facility, their ability to really be overly successful is limited. And same with baseball. All those coaches are trying really hard. The kids try really hard. They work very hard. They, they're not walking into it saying it's okay to be last. They're giving it all they got. But I, I recognize, and uh, Dr. Watts, and I hope our fans recognize that we got to get better in our facilities areas in those sports in order for us to raise our expectation. Just because we're in a new league doesn't mean all of a sudden that they're just going to be better. So, um, 
and we're working on those things, by the way. <laughs> but uh, you you said something you started out with. We don't want to be uh, complacent, and no, we don't. I, my expectation of our other teams, basketball, football, and um, uh, women's basketball, and uh, and softball, the, these sports need to go in, and soccer, they need to go in and compete for a championship year one, and they're capable of it. They're capable of it. Doesn't mean that we will, but we're capable of doing that. So, um, yeah, we, we don't we don't need to wait a few years to try to bring home a trophy. We, we can do that in the first year. Are there any expectations that the AAC has on us budgetarily or infrastructure-wise that we have to get to? Yeah, there's some things that fans would never know about. There's some uh, some slight modifications we need to make uh, to be able to stream, do more live streaming than we currently do to uh, match up to the um, requirements of ESPN to do more ESPN plus broadcasts. Uh, but we're close. We're close. Uh, we need to do some things. We're going to create a broadcast room inside of uh, Bartow Arena, which we've been working on already so that we're prepared when we get there. But but that that's probably the biggest thing. And then they just, they, you know, they want – they want what we want is to continue to improve and, and put ourselves in a position to be successful, not just in the league, but nationally. You know, the American views itself as the Power Six Conference, and which I love and, and appreciate. I, I'm excited about that concept and, and really promoting that notion throughout our department is we all have to think of ourselves like that. It's not just, it's not just something to say and when you look at, like I said, when the Big 12 wanted to expand, they took one independent and they took three from the American. Well, that that should tell you all you need to know about the quality that the American has has created in terms of uh, competition. And then you saw Cincinnati uh, get into the college football playoff this year. So anyway, I, I, I just hats off to Cincinnati and, and to the American. That was not a, that wasn't a Big 12 school that went went to the playoff. That was an American school that went to the playoff. And that's just an important thing to know. We're going to see some new rivalries, but we also are bringing back a few of the old ones. Battle of the Bones is most notable. How excited are fans that you've been hearing about some of these rivalries being able to be renewed? Yeah, I, a lot, I've heard a lot of excitement. And um, I talked to the athletic director at Memphis. His name is Laird Beach. And he and I used to be neighbors years ago. Uh, we were, um, we both worked at the University of Missouri at the same time, and we lived about four doors down from one another. And um, in fact, our second child, my second child and his second child were born within about 12 hours of each other. So we were with our wives in the hospital together when delivering babies. And and um, Laird and I have talked about that, and I reminded him that he had the trophy, but we intended to bring it home where it belonged. And so we've already had some, you know, fun trash talk between each other and and uh i know that our our marketing folks have been talking about you know getting behind that and promoting that and, you know really reigniting that because i wasn't here but people tell me that there was a you know like a rib cook-off outside and and uh I, which just sounds like a ton of fun and and that's that's what you want right you want to create an event around the event you want people to go to these games and have a good time, win or lose. You're you're wanting to provide people an experience that when they leave, they had a great day. And it's it's what's happening outside the stadium, 
in the inside the stadium and then of course on the field but you know i can't control i can't really control um what happens on the field but we these other things we can control and and that's uh that's our intention and that you know that that's something that he and i already talked about with that one and and, the, and we're close to two uh to to Tulane and and being able to drive to New Orleans, I think it's great. And I think it's a, a city that's a destination city that our fans will enjoy traveling to. And uh, so th these are all really good. And, and then, you know, again, I mentioned earlier Navy and um, Wichita State. Uh, Wichita State has, you know, had, had great basketball recently and they've had great baseball for a long, long time. And then the Naval Academy, that, that brand in and of itself coming to our stadium will be just a, a ton of fun and that's something that I think our fans will get behind and really respect and enjoy having uh, the academy here, which is something we have not seen before. So, What are we looking at time-wise in joining? Because you've heard different things. Fans want to obviously jump early, but what are we talking about? And is there a chance that it can happen sooner than what's actually on paper? Well, what we've been told is it'll be no later than the fall of 24, um, but probably the fall of 23, but it's still undetermined. Would UAB's move into the AAC happen had football not been brought back? No. Now, if uh, if we didn't have a football program, um, you know, I'm not sure what league we would have been in. We would not have been in Conference USA. And um, that was part of the, the decision and the timing of the decision. You remember Dr. Watts announced that he was going to reinstate the program. It was on June the 1st. That was a deadline that we had gotten from Conference USA. Hey, we need to know by this date, are you in or are you not in? Because if, you do, if you're not going to have football, then, then you're not going to be in the league. And so we would have had to go and find a new league, whether it's, again, whether the Sun Belt would have taken us or the, the Missouri Valley or, Ohio, you know, I, I don't, I really don't know. I don't know where, what, what league we would have been in, but we would have had to find a league that had, predominantly non-football members or uh, one that was willing to take some non-football members, which the Sun Belt had. The Sun Belt had Arkansas Little Rock and they had um, Texas Arlington. Uh, so uh, we would have had to work really hard to, to find a home there, but, um, but no, we would not have been considered. And the only reason, so Wichita State, for example, Greg, they do not have football uh, and they're in, but they're in the American. Well, that's because the Naval Academy plays in the American as a football only member. And Wichita State fills the gap for all of the Naval Academy's other sports. And uh, that's how that marriage works. So in all likelihood, no, we would not be, without, without having reinstated football, we would not be uh, sitting here today with this opportunity. With all the realignment that we've seen over the last three, four, five months, it's just been incredible, but it's not the first set of realignment. We had some 2010s. We've had them all along. Schools shift, conferences change. I mean, the Big Ten has like 25 teams. I mean, I think it's actually 16, but a lot has changed over time. Where do you see conference realignment heading in the future? Some say we're only going to see a couple of super conferences when it's all said and done years down the road. Yeah, I think anything's possible. What we know about conference realignment is it's always happening. I mean, you can go back, you know, Tulane used to be in the Southeastern Conference. Georgia Tech used to be in the Southeastern Conference. You, you can go back since the beginning of time and see shifting uh, around the country. So uh, it, it certainly is not finished. 
but where is that going to go? I'm not sure. You know, the Big 12 is going to have 12 schools uh, for the first time in a while. Uh, will they at some point go from 12 to 16? Maybe. Uh, will I think I think the Big 10 is 14 schools. I could be wrong on that. And so maybe they add a couple. Uh, I think I think the ACC is 15 schools. You know, will they add one? And so where will those people come from? And and if if the ACC were to take somebody from the Big Ten, or if the Big Ten were to take somebody from the ACC or the Big Twelve, whatever, it creates more shifting, right? So uh, I don't know that people want to be beyond sixteen. If you get beyond sixteen, you're no longer a conference; you're more of an association. And so you you've got to start uh, thinking in those terms. What we've got to do is continue to improve ourselves for the sake of ourselves and for the sake of being number one or the very best we can be in the conference that we are in. And that's what we did before. And that led to our invitation into the American. Uh, that's what we're gonna continue to do and we'll see what the future holds. How excited is your staff, your coaches, as well as UAB administration about this move? Yeah, thrilled, thrilled. And, and it's funny when you put a plan in place and it actually works, um, how satisfying that is. You know, we, we, we put a lot of good plans together and we've got a lot of great ideas and sometimes we implement them and they, they're terrific. And sometimes we implement them and they're not so terrific. And uh, this is one of those times where we put a plan together and it, and it worked. And again, the plan was be the very best that we can be. We need to improve for the sake of improving and being the best in, our, in the league that we're in. And by doing that, you become desirable, right? So in football, we've won two conference titles and three division titles, and and we're the most consistent over the last five seasons. We're the most consistent in our league from a football standpoint. Uh, we won, we've won uh, the conference championship in men's basketball within the last six years. We've won the women's basketball championship in the last, I think that was three or four years ago. We played in our conference championship in softball last year, have been very competitive there. Our men's golf team last season was ranked as high as fifth at one point. So we're doing a lot of really good things and the sky's the limit for us. If we continue to improve some of our facilities the way that we need to, and I mentioned tennis and baseball, we'd like to make some renovations to Bartow Arena to kind of modernize the concourse for our fans. Um, if we continue to do that, you'll continue to see us improve. And if, if we're getting better, then we, you know, we're back in that championship conversation, no matter what league we're in. And but but the but the administration here has been Dr. Watts has been supportive of this from the very beginning. He wants nothing but excellence across our campus, uh, and that includes us. And we've taken the approach to try to live up to those standards when we look at the quality of the education that our students are getting in the classroom. We're wanting to emulate that same experience, that same world-class experience as a student athlete. And so that, that includes all the facilities improvements, the environment that they're in, where they learn, the academics facilities, how we feed them, how we travel, all those things play a part in that. That's UAB Athletic Director Mark Ingram. You can listen into our conversation we had about the new football stadium and state of UAB athletics on episode 55 of the podcast from September 27th, 2021. All episodes can be found online at alumni.uab.edu slash green and told or downloaded on Spotify or the Apple podcast app. 
Know someone we should have on the podcast? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search UAB Alumni. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers!